Hello and welcome to the Rationable Podcast, your weekly deep dive into how science and critical thinking make you immune to scams, fads and hoaxes. I am your host, Abhijit. Let's dig in. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Rationable Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the anti-vax movement, you know, the ones where everybody's uh, going against vaccines and not vaccinating their kids like they should be. So I'm going to be poking a few holes in the claims that they make and we're going to be talking about the whole issue. But this is, of course, only one part of the conversation. There will be many more coming up. And subscribe to this podcast if you want to uh, keep a tab and stay on top of all of those new episodes that are coming our way. It all started with Andrew Wakefield publishing a sham study on how vaccines give children autism. Now, the movement has taken on a life of its own, with celebrity endorsers, social media influencers, alternative medicine gurus, all propagating this idea. On the other hand, leading medical organizations like WHO are calling this one of the most dangerous trends in the world, as people are contracting diseases that no one has feared for decades. Wakefield, actually, as I mentioned earlier, was a British doctor who conducted a study in 1998 to find a connection between the MMR, that's the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine, and autism, where there wasn't one. Turns out, this is because he was getting paid almost 450,000 British pounds sterling by a group of doctors who were trying to prove that vaccines were unsafe so that they could sue pharmaceutical companies. He used fraudulent methods to skew the results and told the press about his findings, which then blew up even before the paper was published. His sham study was analyzed, exposed and thrown out. And so was he. Rightly so, in my opinion. A particularly good article on this topic is called Vaccines, Autism and the Promotion of Irrelevant Research a science pseudoscience analysis by Craig A. Foster and Serena M. Ortiz, where they describe the study, its aftermath, and how it helps promote pseudoscience. Go read it. I'll uh, link it in the show notes. Then in May 2007, an American actress and model, Jenny McCarthy, claimed vaccines had given her son autism. Now, since then, she has appeared on several TV interviews on the subject, including... Oprah, where she has repeated it. This reignited the controversy that Wakefield started and brought Hollywood into the fold. So why do people still believe it? We still don't know what causes autism, let alone how we can prevent it. And we, that is humans, we fear what we don't understand, especially when it's something that can afflict a child. The gap in our knowledge is easily filled by something that we can blame and point a finger at, like vaccines. If you believe this, then consider that in 2017, 123 million children were vaccinated globally, according to UNICEF. That's approximately 85% of all children worldwide. 
However, only one in 160 children across the world gets diagnosed with autism. That's 0.625%. You do the maths. Vaccines are blamed because autism is usually diagnosable soon after the immunization routine ends. But there is no other connection. That's why I keep telling people that correlation is not causation. The fact that autism is usually diagnosed after the vaccine regimen ends doesn't mean vaccines cause autism. As I've mentioned, the rates of vaccinations are on a completely different scale than that of autism diagnoses. Just because B follows A doesn't mean B is caused by A. For example, it's a fact that ice cream sales go up in summer. But so do homicides. Does, does that mean that ice creams cause people to kill each other? I don't think so. Now, a lot of research has been done on this front by independent teams, and there's still absolutely no evidence that vaccines cause autism. Now, another thing is, many anti-vaxxers also rationalize their biases by saying they don't think that diseases like measles or chickenpox are any more dangerous than the flu. Let's do a quick reality check here. Measles can kill children, can kill people, or even leave them with brain damage, permanent disabilities, or hearing loss. Measles killed 110,000 people globally in 2017, and most of them were children below the age of five. Chickenpox is less hostile, but can be deadly in certain populations, especially very young infants and people with weakened immune systems. Also, another thing that sucks is that the older you are when you get chickenpox, the more severe your symptoms will be, which can lead to complications and serious health risks, including death. These diseases are also incredibly easy to spread. Measles especially can survive in the air for several hours and infect anyone who breeds it. Chickenpox spreads through touch or through people touching items that the patients have touched. That's because the little blisters all over the body pop. I know it's really gross, but I have had chickenpox and it is horrible. But every time these things pop, the secretions are loaded with the virus. And anyone who touches any of those, if they're cleaning you, if they touch the towels that, we, that you've touched, it can spread through that really quickly. Uh, now, you don't need to be told about the flu, do you? Like, the flu is nothing. Like, everybody gets the flu every year, right? But did you know that the flu killed 464 people in India last year? In Australia, they're predicting the worst flu season yet with 298 people who have already died and their season has just begun. Getting vaccinated reduces your chances of getting the flu by 40 to 60%. So if you haven't done it already, I suggest you go out and get yourself a flu shot. Trust me. But you must be wondering, are vaccines safe? Like sure, they treat all these illnesses, or rather, they prevent all these illnesses, but are the vaccines safe? Because we're talking about thimerosal and all of these other things. And I have to say that vaccines do have a small risk of adverse effects, but they affect one in over 1,000 kids. 
And these are usually minor complications which are far outweighed by the diseases that the vaccines prevent. Some reactions can be more severe like seizures or high fevers, but these are extremely rare, like maybe one in a million kids. And also, if a child is found to be allergic to an ingredient in the vaccines, the medicine is stopped immediately. And if you're wondering about the other chemicals that go into a vaccine like aluminium or thimerosal, which is a mercury compound, those are tiny amounts and are in the vaccine to either preserve it or increase its effect. They are not in a dose that can cause anyone harm, even if it's a child and they are getting many vaccines a year. As I said before, some kids can be allergic to some of these, but those symptoms are spotted early, they can be controlled effectively, and they will never have to take any more vaccines. Now, the rest of us who take our vaccines, we are there to act like a shield for them. We will be there to stop the spread of the disease before they get to these kids who can't take vaccines. This is because vaccinations help build what's called herd immunity or herd protection. This means that if most people have been immunized, those who can't get vaccinations, like these kids I just mentioned, they will also be protected. And if there is no disease, there is nothing to spread. And you know, like when I was thinking about this, it's, it's really interesting that vaccines have done such a good job in the past that many of us have forgotten what life and death was like before them. Having grown up in a developing nation like India, I remember seeing people with polio and smallpox. I, I mean, I had chickenpox and measles. My brother had mumps as well as these other two diseases. Now, as a child, I'd heard of many diseases which were much deadlier than the ones that I had encountered. But I had only heard of them, not contracted them, thanks to the massive vaccination drives organized by the government that eradicated the likes of polio and smallpox. Now, in the West, the vaccination drive took hold much earlier than in developing nations. The West has forgotten how ravaging these diseases like polio and tetanus can be. It's not just measles or polio, though. Vaccines keep several more diseases at bay including the yearly flu, which still kills people, like I told you earlier. Pneumococcal disease like meningitis, pneumonia, and septicemia. Hepatitis A, B, and E. And the human papillomavirus, which is HPV. Of course, there are many more of which you can find more information in the show notes. I've put a link in there. Now, this whole issue started off as just one bad paper. And now it's turned into a worldwide phenomenon that's making kids unnecessarily sick and in some cases actually taking lives. Unfortunately, this isn't an easy problem to solve since it's a very complex issue. Even though it might seem simple, there's a lot more to it that meets the eye. And it so easily fits into the biases and fears that all of us have. But... That doesn't mean that we sit back and do nothing. Each of us has to speak to our loved ones who have doubts about vaccines. Tweet it, post it, do whatever you can to get good information out there about the benefits of vaccines and how much they have helped us. According to Dr. Chan, who is the Director General of WHO, 
vaccines have saved over 10 million lives between 2010 and 2015. Every person who listens to you could save the lives of their own children or even someone else's. Now, lest we forget, there are developing countries that are still trying to fight diseases like polio and measles by vaccinating their people. So let's not take this amazing medical breakthrough for granted. The UN is still trying to distribute more vaccines and getting vaccines out to more people, which can save their lives. Now, I naively thought that I'd be able to fit this whole issue into one podcast, but I have just barely begun. So there's a lot of great information out there that needs to be shared. I will also be writing a lot more articles and more pod doing more podcasts on this topic. So please subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, subscribe to the RSS feed, keep an eye on that website. There will be a lot more content coming in the coming weeks. So look out for it. So what do you think of vaccines? Do you know anti-vaxxers? Are you one? Let me know in the comments. And until next week, be rational. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to read the blog version of this episode along with all the citations and references, or if you have any ideas, comments, or suggestions, please visit berationable.com. You've been listening to The Rationable Podcast. See you next week.